Hey all, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Queer Queries. Now before we get started, I want to talk to you about For the Girls, which has two sponsored fund projects that you can donate to right now. The Rent and Gender Reaffirming Surgery Fund, as well as the Medical Fund. For the Girls actively fights to reduce homelessness rates in the black transgender community, as well as lower the risk for affirmative surgeries being done in ways that put them at a greater health risk. Now more than ever, this work is especially important considering that many black transgender people are being laid off in absurdly high numbers, which is only exacerbating the already terrible conditions that black transgender people generally live in. They send these funds directly to applicants and are used in a myriad of ways to assist transgender people in their daily expenses. This info was taken from the Arts Business Collaborative website, and both links to donate to these funds will be linked in the show notes below. Hello, all you Queer Queries listeners. I'm very excited to talk to today's guest. She is an acclaimed fashion stylist, hair artist, published author, and certified personal trainer. She is the creator of Celebrate Image, a fashion consultation group where she has worked on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Then in this year, she was voted in as one of the newest board members of Alliance for Full Acceptance, making history as the first trans woman and trans woman of color to sit on the board since its inception in 1998. Also, she has created her self-titled brand, Sunshine Global LLC. Her mission statement is to empower people to lead with authority while living their most authentic lives. There we go, period. I mean, listen, <laughs> you made me sound phenomenal. Yes, let's, let's do that one more time. One more time for the people. <laughs> we got this, 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 this. We have a whole, we have a book bio. Um, anyways, please welcome to your ears, Sunshine Bella. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Nick, for inviting me. I'm super excited about today's chat. So first question right off the bat is, what was your first exposure to queer identity and trans identity? Wow. Um, Okay. So growing up, I was not exposed to a lot of queer and trans individuals. I I grew up in Roanoke, Virginia, which is like a little small town. Um, You know, it wasn't until I guess about high school that I really noticed people who were out, (laughs) you know, who were out in the LGBTQ. Um, As far as my first trans experience, that didn't come until I got here to South Carolina. Um, One of my aunt's whole old hairstyles is transgender. And so that was my first, like, experience with it, seeing what it was. And then now, after watching the recent documentary, Disclosure, um, I didn't realize that I had seen trans people on television and did not realize that they were trans. I knew what drag was or, you know, had the idea of drag, but I didn't really know what trans was until I got older, which, like a lot of people, they don't really know. Because trans comes in so many different looks. So you you can see someone who may not be on hormones or had any kind of surgeries and not know that they identify as trans. Yeah, that was my experience. I appreciate that you just touched on it because something I feel like I... I kind of learned specifics of in the past, gosh, year or so was the difference between someone who is socially transitioning versus someone who's medically transitioning. Also, someone who is non-binary who identifies as trans. Yes. And just the the more all-encompassing version of someone 
just identifying with a gender that right. isn't their assigned gender at birth. So I was just wondering if you can like, I don't know, speak to your journey with that or that in general. You know, I'm actually one that is actually on hormones. I started physical transition in January of this year, and a lot has happened since then. A lot of knowledge has come my way. Um, again, like I said, growing up and not having the knowledge there or not having access to certain individuals to even ask questions, it was very new for me. I do have trans sisters. One lives there in New York and one, you know, one now lives in North Carolina. And so I was able to ask them questions when I first started my journey, but it took a moment for me to really understand what it means to uh, pronouns, what pronouns meant and what it means to properly identify yourself. Like even before I came out as transgender, I was already dressing, you know, uh, feminine hair, makeup. Like, I mean, I had the whole life. It's just I didn't have the, the title on it. But I now know it is important for me personally to identify as transgender because that's who I am. That's, that's mm -hmm. who I believe and feel that I am from the inside out. And then I found a whole other community of people who I can connect with, you know, that helped me along the way. Like, I, I don't know, just through my own transition, it really has uplifted me to be this leader. I've always been a leader, but I didn't realize that I would be a leader in the community as a trans figure. It just kind of stuck up on me. So as I, you know, share the knowledge with other individuals, I'm also learning myself. I love that you just called yourself a leader. And I can already just like see that just from reading your bio. And I'm curious as like where this desire to have your hands in so many different areas and really just use your voice. Where do you think that came from? Whether it be like somewhere in childhood or like if you had a mentor along the way who was like, you have a voice, so use it. Well, you know, I did have a mentor. When I started in the beauty industry, I did have a mentor. She really pushed me, probably sometimes a little bit more than I wanted her to, but she really did push me to be great. And then um, I'm a self-reflector. Like, I always look at myself and see, okay, what can I do better? And when the revelation came that my life is not about me only, you know, and our lives are not about us and the things that we experience are not about us. It was important for me to speak up, to use my voice, because there was a time, if anyone has read my book, Three Seasons of Life, you would know there was a time where I didn't feel like I had a voice. I felt like my voice was taken. I felt like I couldn't speak up. Um, you know, when you grow up, especially in a black household, is do as I say, not as I do. You know, um, the adults are deleted. They're in charge, but you can't say too much. And then as I got older, I realized that I do have a voice. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, I have to use that. You know, and the more that I began to speak, the way that people responded to it, let me know, okay, you're onto something. I'm a very spiritual individual. I pay attention to signs. Um, you know, my angel, they always are sending me signs, letting me know, hey, you're on the right path. You're on the right journey. So continue to do those things. And that just kind of keeps me encouraged. Like, you know, I'm a motivator of other individuals, but having those little signs and having people, you know, refer me to individuals like you, you know, lets me know that I'm on the right path. So I'm going to continue to talk. Did you ever experience any sort of negativity or backlash for people trying to like squash your light, if that makes sense? You know, for me, it has been not directly, but always indirectly. You know, I'm, I'm blessed to not have people directly, you know, try to dim my light, but it's always been indirectly. Like people say little sly things, like go to an event that, you know, they would say like, you know, don't try to outdress us. And I'm just like, well, you know, that's not my thought, <laughs> you know, you know, it's to address someone or that type of thing. You know, it's just always been like little slide things like that. Like I'm a very outspoken person. I don't mind saying my mind, you know, if someone comes at me a certain way, I, I will address it. So I think people are kind of like, they know that, 
Mm-hmm. They kind of take the, the back door route to, to say these little sneaky and sly things, but never like blatantly like, okay, well, you can't do this or you shouldn't do this. There was a little bit of that when I first started experimenting with my hair. Then as a gay male and here in Charleston, South Carolina, people were like, well, you need to move. This is not the place for that. Like, you know, because Charleston's considered the Bible Belt. So they weren't sure how people were going to perceive it. And I was just like, you know, I'm not going to move to be who I am. I don't need to move to another city to express myself the way that I want. Like either people are going to accept it or they're, or they're not. And I can see now even... You know, I was really young then. I'm, I'm 34 now, but I've seen how just me being who I am has allowed other individuals in this community to step up and be who they were, you know, at a time now where it was accepted. Mm-hmm. How have you seen the fruits of your labor come to fruition? Like what you were just saying, like seeing people around you that just see you living your truth. How have you seen them be inspired? Just visually, like I see it on social media. I see it, you know, when I'm in town, you know, I just, just looking around, whether they know me or not, whether we have a, like a direct relationship, just seeing people, you know, uh, living, you know, just, just living out loud, not being afraid to say, okay, yes, I am trans or yes, I'm gay or yes, I'm feminine. Or, yes, I'm non-binary. Just seeing people openly saying that, especially here. And also people are not shy about telling me directly Hey, I appreciate you. I respect you for who you are. Even our cisgender brothers and sisters, like sometimes people will inbox me and they'll say, you know, you really inspire me. Like, or they'll say in my comments, they'll say, you know, really don't understand the effect that you're having on even me or, you know, other individuals. So those types of things, like when when people say that, it just confirms for me, okay, I'm in the right vein. I'm seeing the right things. I'm doing the right things. I'm wearing the right things. These things are directly affecting individuals and they're, they're telling me so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, I I love you said that because I'm actually home at my parents in Georgia right now, and it's where I grew up and kind of like came into my own queerness and my gayness. And for me, at least, it was often hard because there was no one that I was able to look to that was out and living their truth. Because, like you said, it's the Bible Belt, and it's it's a certain way of life and certain yes. assumptions, yes. and there's a certain culture that has taken precedence over queer culture, which has made a lot of queer people just unsafe to just live their truth. So it's just exciting to see, like, I've even seen the change here. I was actually, I went live with someone who started a Facebook group in the county I'm in, which is a very, like, what I'm going to call a red county. Yes. Uh, I just did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think we all understand. Yes. But seeing someone from outside the community want to create this community in this area where they didn't see a lot of us around and see all these people like come out of the woodwork and be like, oh, my God, this is so exciting to see something like this and find each other and start to live their truths more. Like you said, I just see it just occasionally, like even at the grocery store where I'm like, I feel like we're similar. Yes. Like you can just tell. And I love that you're such like a spiritual energetic person because that's me too. Just where you just like can read someone's energy and like, we know each other yes. on yes. a level that a lot of people will not know. It's like a secret society. Yes, but it's beautiful. Oh, but I it, love it. it. It's, it's so beautiful. It's so, it's such a beautiful thing. It's yeah. such a beautiful thing to see, to see when you're out and you're thinking, like you see that like maybe the cashier or 
because of my voice, not the soft voice, even with the hormones, you know, it's, it's just not. And people don't always know based off my voice, you know, what I am. So I was going to the drive through the KFC and like, she was like, you know, um, is there anything else I can give you? And she kept saying, sir, she kept saying, sir. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to order my food. And when I get to the window, you know, we'll dress at the window. And then as soon as she saw me, she corrected herself. And she said, you know, I apologize. And then she lets me know. She says, oh, because I'm a part of the family, too. So I understand. And, I, you know, she cracked herself. And I was just like, <laughs> we had a, it was such a moment. It was such a hilarious moment in the drive-thru. And she was like, you know, I understand. I'm a part of the family. And she was like, you know, I apologize, sis. And she started using the proper pronouns just off the rip. Just even those moments are so good. And for her to be comfortable enough to say, hey, you know, I'm a part of the community, too. And, you know, I respect you. You know, while I'm getting my chicken, it was just good. It was just a really, a really good thing. I believe in this world, especially in the United States, we live by permission code. And I feel like they do that just by people living their individual lives are giving more of our brothers and sisters their permission to be themselves. Living your life like you, even being who you are, utilizing this platform, using your voice, are giving someone else, whoever it may be, queer or not, permission to be themselves just by you living your life. And that is a phenomenal thing that you can do that. And I applaud you for doing this and, and being brave enough to do this because just by you doing this podcast is freeing so many people. Yeah, I love that you said that. And it brings up a whole just things in my mind and specifically to dynamics within the queer community. Because like for my journey, I used to have such a rejection towards being gay, being queer, because I mean, so many of us grow up with negative representation and stereotyped representation that leads us to believe like, oh, if that's what I am, like, is that what my life is going to be like? My first introduction was a movie about a boy who lived in a very religious household and ended up committing suicide at the end because his family would not accept him. Oh my gosh. And feeling like not having the words to describe what I was, but being like, <laughs> this feels familiar. But ultimately what set me free, and it wasn't until college, was learning more about our history and specifically learning about the likes of Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson and a lot of these queer people who had no choice but to live their truths, even amidst all of the bashing and the hate, even from within the community. And just seeing how much power they were still able to maintain was very inspiring to me and was very beautiful because queer people express themselves in such individually beautiful ways. And it's what ultimately like led me to fall in love with that part of myself and the community and led me to want to create something where I could just showcase different voices because we all have our different stories. There is something that binds us all. Like we said, it's that unspoken secret society thing, but we all have so many different stories and trying to create something that breaks the mold of stereotypes that we have seen in media. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. It's okay. It's okay. This is the conversation. You know, I'm, I'm so excited now that we have more representation, on, especially as far as movies, mm-hmm. um, movies, documentaries. Like, there's so much information out now for young queer individuals coming up. It's like they don't have to be in the dark. 
for so long. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the dark, you're, you're honestly at this point, you're just choosing to be in the dark and you're just choosing not to know queer or cisgendered. Uh, you're just choosing not to know, you know, and you have individuals like like ourselves who are open, who have knowledge, who don't mind sharing the knowledge, you know, so it's like at this point, if you want the knowledge, reach out, get the understanding so that we all can live and live good and live a wonderful and safe life because you have an understanding. People attack and they try to tear down what they don't understand. And if you don't understand at this point, again, you're just choosing to want to hate and not be, you know, be an ally. Yeah. Something that's entered in my mind a lot recently was like, for a country that loves being free so much, we love to put ourselves into boxes and just accept like how society was set up for us. Yes. To like accept like, oh, there's always been just man and woman. There's always been just gay and straight. There's always been just like all of these little boxes and and not deciding to question there's always been this like christian ideal kind of that's like been at the undercurrent of our society and not questioning it's like why do we worship a book that has all cisgender male voices from what we know like is written by all cisgender men why is that something (laughs) it's just like one of those things i'm like because where are the female voices right we have been around for centuries, okay? Centuries, you know, and people refuse to believe that or want to talk about that. But again, as you said, you know, that book that people are using to control individuals and not look beyond that and tapping into our individual cultures, histories, you know, spiritualities, like it's so much more than that. Um, I see it now. People are really tapping it. They're not just taking, you know, what they read in that book and letting that be the beginning and the end, because that is not the beginning and the end. There's so many contradictions with it. You know, people will say, well, you know, I believe in God. And I believe that God is still living, the living God. But so that means he's he's not speaking now. If you're holding on to what's being said in this book that he clearly did not write, then you can't believe that he's talking now, that, he's, that he didn't create us as well, that he's not protecting us as well. Like, it's just, it's beyond me, which is why I continue to speak out and, you know, allow people to understand that it's like, we've been here, you know, step outside of your traditional way of thinking and get the knowledge, wake up or be, get woke, as people say. And it's even something that is so seeped into our own community. And I wanted to ask you, like, Either things you've witnessed, experience you've had, just with seeing homophobia, transphobia within the community, and why that is, why this need to be like, okay, the white cis gays, like, and I'm talking like 60s and and still to this day, but like, the prime of the LGBT movement was going on. And when you started to see, there started to be more of like the acceptance of the more privileged of the community. Mm-hmm. Why there was such this separation and need to other the ones that they thought is less than. I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent. I get it. But- I'm, I'm following you. I'm following you. <laughs> I'm following you along. So... With that, again, that goes back to, okay, you said privilege, but it goes back to that whole permission thing, okay? So it's like this set of individuals, you know, white Christian, they were given a certain level of permission because of their gender and the way they look. So majority of people want to be a part of the in crowd. What's cool? You know, what's safe? You know, and so if that means that I have to separate myself from this thing that is not visually accepted or readily accepted, I'm going to go over here. And for so long, that has been the way because people would rather be safe and be comfortable. 
you know, stay over here where I know that it's safe and I know that it's accepted and, you know, protect my few people versus standing up and being a rebel and being the wild card and saying, no, we're all the same. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all, you know, need to be protected. That needs to happen. It's, I see a lot more of it now, but it's still break things up because everyone's fighting to be a part of that in crowd. So many of my trans sisters, especially of color, have been murdered. And the fact that we have Black Lives Matter, but then also we have to have Black Trans Lives Matter is very unfortunate. It's, a, it's an unfortunate thing that, you know, being born into a race and then also not have that race, you know, embrace you um, as a queer individual, as a trans individual, and then also as a Black individual. Like, it's like, well, damn, do we really have to separate this again? They want us to fight with them, but you're not protecting us. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't make sense to me. You can't want us to fight with you and fight for the same cause and you not protect us. That's the same thing with white cisgendered individuals in the gay community. You can't want us to fight for you all and fight with you all, but then also you don't protect or respect us. Especially when it's white cisgender people that are profiting and appropriating a culture that was created by transgender women of color with like the simple words you say yes queen tongue pop (laughs) just like anything you see i mean thankfully we have pose and hopefully we have more shows like those that are bringing that culture the origins of the culture to the forefront so people are not just crediting i don't know I don't even know if they've used anything, but like the Kardashians is like, oh, they were the ones who coined those terms or they were the ones who coined this way of like shaping your body or or whatever and and not acknowledging the fact that it's like, well, that came from trans women of color and that came from sex workers and et cetera. You see it everywhere. But again, that's why it's so important for us to speak up mm-hmm. and speak out and have a presence. Because if you have a presence that is so bold and so eye-catching and so, you know, so respected, it will be kind of hard for someone to come and take your spot. Mm-hmm. You know, for so long, we've been sitting back kind of, you know, hidden because we don't want to be ridiculed or whatever. So it's like, OK, well, if you're going to stay in the shadows and you're going to hide. Then I'll just sneak in and I'll do what you were doing and I'll take the credit for you. And, you know, who, listen, whoever screams the loudest. Who, you know, whoever is the brightest, the biggest, that's who people are going to give the credit to. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to, if we want the knowledge, they want the credit is to speak up when we do things or show up when we do things and say, hey, you know, I started this or, you know, this comes from me and not be quiet or be silent and allow someone to come in and take over. Yeah. It's the just liking enough and appreciating enough, but not doing the extra work to actively protect and support and create that space that is just the the exact same, if not more, space that you take up. Yeah. I was wondering if we go back to talking about your process with transitioning and choosing to medically transition, as opposed to like some people who choose to just socially transition, if you could just speak to your process with that. So I went on vacation and I had a tarot reading. She pulled three cards and first card she flips over and she says to me, why do you allow people to call you he if you prefer she? And I was just like, ah, she is reading me for filth. And if anyone knows about this tarot and they know about spirituality, you know that when you have a tarot reading that you're giving the permission to pull directly from you, your spirit, your energy. So I was like, wow. And, you know, after that experience, and she said some other things, but after that, I was like, you know what? 
I give my permission to be fully who I am. I feel most comfortable, most beautiful when I am my authentic self, a woman, you know? And so there's no, there's, I don't need to deny myself from that. But then also through that realization, it also made me look at, well, why didn't I do this before? What took me so long to get here before? And so I had to go back and dig in my childhood and look at things that I, you know, kind of tucked away and realized that had I had this kind of support from my family or had I had this exposure to the queer community, I may have made this decision a lot sooner. If I had something to identify with, like I knew what I was feeling, but I really couldn't explain it. So it just kind of got tucked away until now. And again, now that I've embraced it, so many doors have opened, so many opportunities have opened. You know, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been being myself. Mm-hmm. And as far as the hormones, I mean, of course, I mean, you're going to look better, you know, <laughs> you know, you're going to be, I guess, quote unquote, more passable. But it was just something that I wanted to do. And I like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to commit to it to the fullest extent of what it could possibly be. And I have no regrets. I didn't do it for the sake of anyone else, which is important. If anyone is listening or going to be listening to know and be contemplating hormones, just make sure that you meditate on it, pray on it, you know, make that decision your own. Do not allow anyone else push you or force you to doing anything. It has to be a decision solely based on who you are. And you have to love and appreciate and respect your body before you start HRT because there's going to be a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. And you can easily slip into that body dysmorphia where you don't like something on you. And so it's important to embrace who you are before you take on this journey because it can be a bit challenging mentally and physically. So you want to make sure that, you know, it's a decision that you are making for you. And just for clarification, HRT means hormone replacement therapy? Correct. So I like to tell people it's like I am going through puberty all over again. For someone on the outside who might say, like, I can understand how someone would be gay or I understand someone who would be bi, but for whatever reason can't understand someone who is trans Uh and this need to justify someone else's experience within their own mind, what would you say to them? I think there's two extremes. Someone who is very far removed from the queer community and someone who might be an ally or or within the community, but is needing to justify someone else's experience as opposed to just accepting. So um, to those individuals who feel like, you know, it's okay if you're gay, you know, it's okay if you're bisexual, it's okay if you're a lesbian, but, you know, why do you have to be a woman? Just first of all, not your fucking business. Like, seriously, like, it's not for you to you know, question or understand in that sense. Understanding goes multiple ways. Like you can have understanding for the sake of knowledge or understanding for the sake of you trying to question someone because you're trying to want. A lot of times when people question things like that is because they're trying to like make you falter in your belief, in your thought. They want to F you up in the head. They want you to question, what do I really need to do? this? Is this really who I am? And the reality is no one can answer that but you. Like I know how I felt growing up. Um, I remember one year for Halloween, we, I mean, we weren't the richest people. So, you know, we didn't have costume money that year. I was like, you know what, I'm going to dress up. I'm going to be a woman. I'm going to put makeup on and I'm going to do this. And I remember going to school the next day and making a joke about it. But in reality, I wanted to kind of know, like, well, would people be okay with this? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd say it wasn't a thought out plan, you know, then. But looking now and looking back at it, I was like, okay, I, I've always felt like this. And I did that experiment back then, but it didn't go over too well. So, you know, instead of me, you know, sticking with it, I just gave up. 
people don't like this. And, you know, I've heard people talk about gay people. And again, still not knowing that I was transgender back then. It was an experiment that didn't go well. And I didn't have anyone around to say, okay, this is what you're feeling. So for anyone who's questioning, how dare you? You know, how dare you question who I am or what I'm, what am I feeling? Like, even with the whole situation with Dwayne Wade and his daughter, uh, Zaya, they were like, well, how can she be that young of an age and know what she likes or know what she wants to be? And they're making it a sexual thing. It has nothing to do with sex. It has nothing to do with what I want. And it has everything to do with my being, who I am as an individual, who I am as a person. That's what it is. This is what I feel that I am the same way a hetero male would say, okay, well, I like women. I, I feel women. Like if no one ever said anything to you about it, what you feel, what your spirit wants, what your spirit is attracted to is going to be there. So I, I don't understand, like, especially people who are religious. It's like, well, how, how can you believe this? But you can't believe that someone can feel this way. It's the picking and choosing which parts do you want to believe and not like, well, you can't say you practice this and like you're supposed to accept all of it right and then like no i'm gonna pick this part and i'm gonna pick that part and i'm not gonna acknowledge that or i'm not gonna read into that because i'm like that doesn't go with what i i want to believe mm. it's just so interesting and i love you brought up this idea of what someone's spirit would be if the, we didn't have all these voices right. from the world telling us and the all of these systems mm-hmm. putting people in places and if people were able to just explore and discover and have full support of that yes like what kind of a world would that be it listen willy walker in the chocolate (laughs) factory let me tell you something first of all speaking on spirit our spirits have no gender okay so anyone who says gender i didn't confusion there is no confusion LGBTQ plus individuals, queer people have always been operating on a spiritual basis. You know, that's why we're so able to tap in, so comfortable to be who we are because we're operating from a spiritual place. It's not 100% a fleshly place. It's not based off of, okay, well, I have a penis or I have a vagina and this is what it is. It goes far, far, far beyond that. That's why you see a lot of LGBT people in church. Because they're looking for something that is not being given in those places. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, it's like there's something there, but then they go to church and they're trying to feed that thing. But the reality is that thing that you're looking for, I mean, people might, you know, argue with me, but it's not there. It's not in the church, the building. It's in the church, the people. It's outside here. A lot of times, you know, you go to the church house, the building, it's not accepted unless you're doing something for those people that they can benefit from. As long as you're playing these instruments, as long as you're sitting on that keyboard, as long as you're sitting in that choir and you're making us feel good, then we can accept it. Just don't be too gay. Don't be too loud. You know, don't be too extra. That's not what you want. That's why you see a lot of people pull away from it. You know, I don't identify as a Christian anymore because of those places, although... You know, I, I'm not naive. When I was going to church, I understand what they wanted from me. I understand that they saw something deeper in me that they wanted to use for their ministry as long as I you know, went along with the get along. And that, that's not who I am. So mm-hmm. doing my own research, stepping out, speaking, you know, tapping into, you know, my own spirituality. I'm a lot happier now. I you know, found my tribe. I found that thing that I was looking for that wasn't there. When you say use, could you could you just explain that a little more? Just because I'm curious. I, like I can see, 
Like I'm a seer. Like uh, some people can call it psychic. Some psychic. Some people call it clairvoyant. Some people call it prophetic. But I do know that when you have that ability or that gift, other individuals can see it in you. So it's like they'll manipulate you to utilize that gift for their ministry. But I don't want you to be a certain way. I don't want you to fully be who you are. I need you to look like this or you to operate like this so that we can use you for this ministry so that we can profit off of it. And that's not fair. Being able to play an instrument is a gift. I look at it as a gift, not just a talent. And again, a lot of times, you know, LGBT plus people, we're very, you know, gifted and talented in the area of music. And a lot of times the religious, the church will take advantage of that because... If you have you a good musician, you can play for the pastor and they can raise, and they can raise a whole bunch of money because of that feel good. Because you have the ability to make people feel good. It's not fair. Yeah, that's, that's not a fair thing, because my thing is that keyboard is, is coming there to get something as well. They want to be, you know, spiritually empowered, enlightened. And the unfortunate thing, they can't be their authentic selves. Yeah. I also love that you said you said this earlier, but we're not drawn. And I think this it, it explained like a lot of my own um, hesitations and frustration, I guess, with the church is you said the space itself, as opposed to the energy that goes in line with very much like it's the structure of Christianity, as opposed to like the core beliefs and being of what it is but more so what it has been created to come in this hierarchical, I don't know, world it's created. I'm get, I feel like I'm getting all like woo-woo with my language, but... Um. <laughs> because you're tapping in. This, this, this is, you're, listen, you are really absolutely tapping in. This is who we are. This is who we are. That's why you feel like a little, I don't want to say crunchy, because like a little butterfly and you're feeling fluttered, because this is, this is the language that we're supposed to be operating on. This is how we're supposed to function. Like, this is how we're supposed to communicate. Like this is the, like this. This is probably more normal than any other conversation that you're having with other individuals. If that, if that makes sense, you know that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Like this is how we all should be operating. But people would rather operate this way and ABC and cat dog versus talking about chakras, talking about energy, talking about power, talking about spirit. Like those things connect us all like really and truly at the end of the day that's what connects us is our energy our spirit our power that's what connects us and people refuse to embrace that because you really can't control it but we can control people yeah it's so interesting though because i feel like the one is a lot more authentic and communicating honestly because you're communicating you're communicating from self and what is going on in you at that moment or communicating like by reflection of like you can't make words for an experience in the past and then maybe like a few years down the line you're like oh my god i can make sense of that now as opposed to communicating in these structural terms and ways of things that set up i mean that's making me think of like of labels and needing to fit in labels and why i love the word queer so much is because it defines a way of life as opposed to a specific uh, specific (laughs) spice it's a little specific (laughs) a little specific like a specific sexuality or gender identity that you may be like, you know what? I really don't know, but there's something about me that connects to the community and that way of life. Right. But am I wrong for thinking that? Like I was like an ally, but now I'm like, is it wrong for me to feel like I want to be on the in crowd, even though, which is like, I feel like (laughs) I'm just like saying spouting off so many things right now, but I feel like that's, 
a detriment to your own journey of self-discovery because you're imposing other people and society's point of views Mm -hmm. as opposed to just like, you know what? I don't know right now, but all I know is I'm queer and I love that. I feel like with that, you are choosing to operate from your higher self. Like, I like some people ask me, like, well, why do we have to have these pronouns? I said, because that shit is for heterosexual people. They want to put us in box. That's their way of quote, quote, accepting and understanding. Quick, but we don't give a shit. Like, we just, we just want to live our lives. We just want to be who we are and get along and walk down the street just as normal or, you know, authentic as heterosexual people do. But because we are operating on a spiritual plane, People don't understand it. They're like, how are you doing this? How are you able to be this free? How are you able to be this comfortable? Like, what is this thing that you call yourself? And so we have to put a label on it. So we have to categorize it. And then in a few years, we're probably going to decide that we don't want this category. We don't need this category mm-hmm. in a few years. The language that we're using right now is going to evolve or they may fuse themselves and it may be something that be, they may last us forever. I completely agree. And it's also interesting because, like, again, going back to these boxes, when people are like, I need you to describe to me exactly what you are Uh so that they can funnel you through a stereotyped filter so that before they even know you, they can be like, oh, you are exactly like like fit this stereotype of what I assume a, a queer person to be or or a trans person to be or whoever person to be. And I feel like as opposed to become a human, become, I don't know, a stereotyped version of a picture they have in their head. I don't know. Well, I am not going to do that. Like, I'm very transparent. Always. I'm very open and honest about who I am. And I know that people have their own impression, their own view of what trans looks like. And through my being, you know, I am trying to change that and let people know that it comes in different forms. Like, we're not all going to look the same. You cannot treat us all the same. If you talk to any queer individual or any trans person, you're just like the same but heterosexual life. You're going to get different views. You're going to get different opinions. Not everyone thinks the same. Um, I told you all earlier why I decided to get on HRT. If you talk to the next trans person, they're going to tell you something completely different because it means something different to them. Again, a lot of people just the space to be who they are and be true to who they are and respect it. You don't have to like it at all, ever. You don't ever have to like it. But respect is due to everyone. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what we're fighting for is the respect to live our lives. Myself, my Black trans sisters are fighting for the respect. If you respect something, you will protect it. And right now, there's not a lot of respect being shown to trans individuals, especially trans women of color, because... I, 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 can't, I guess because they don't want to. I don't know. I guess because they don't, they don't want to and, or they haven't been given enough permission to like or appreciate, you know, us as beautiful individuals. I mean, and then for those who are not outwardly or what the society deems as attractive or passable, they get it even worse. And that's unfortunate. And not, ju- and not just from the outside community, but also within our trans community and also within the LGBT community. It's just very unfair. It's also essential because there is no monolith universal experience for people and why it's so important to respect and protect and make space for so that we are exposed to 
a multitude of voices and stories because that's ultimately, I feel, what normalizes and humanizes and just leads to a more equitable society for trans women, for people of color, just for any voice that has not been given this space because of the way the society has set up. Right. Yeah. And I love that you said that you say one thing and then you go to the next trans woman and and she'll say something different. And that's just so important to listen and acknowledge and learn. Even with queer individuals, you have to ask. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I've obviously been taught. The only dumb question is one that asked. Don't assume that we're all the same. Like, just as individuals, don't assume all Black people are the same. You can't assume all white people are the same. Like, not everyone is the same in this world. That's what makes us all beautiful. That's what makes us all matter. But you have to learn how to respect someone's weird, you know, over anything. And I, you know, even the word weird, I love the word weird because weird means supernatural, uncanny. People use the word weird as a derogatory term, and it is nothing derogatory about being weird. But we all have to respect the next individual's weird. If we can learn how to do that, the world would be on the way to a better place. Yeah, I love that. That's why I love the word queer. Last thing, I feel like you've dropped like just so many nuggets of wisdom along the way. But what's like a final kind of drop of considering the movement we're in now and the need to not only say Black Lives Matter, but Black Trans Lives Matter and the importance of recognizing why we need to say that and just taking a step forward within the community and as a world on the whole. What nuggets of wisdom would you like to impart on the listeners? It's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you've said a lot and I'm like, I've taken so many notes, but if there's anything that comes to mind, just. I, okay. I want to say, um, oh, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Um, We are human and we deserve respect. We deserve love and we deserve to be um, protected. You know, um, we're unicorns. You know, everyone loves unicorns. Unicorns are so beautiful, but unicorns are extinct. I mean, I I know personally, just being a trans woman of color, I don't want trans women of color to be extinct. I don't want to be like, oh, well, you know, they're no more because people don't care enough to respect us as human or as individuals. And they get knowledge, get understanding, you know, do the research, watch the documentary disclosure. There's a lot of knowledge there, you know, even for myself as a trans individual. Like I watched it and it really opened my eyes a little bit more and um, more. It, it was just well worth it. So I just, say, you know, encourage everyone to please get more knowledge. Use your Google, use your Alexa, use, you know, whatever you have to do and get the knowledge so that you can understand us more so that you can work towards respecting us. And in turn, we're going to love you back. We're going to love you. We're going to protect you. We're going to appreciate you for, you know, taking the time out to show us that you really care and that we matter. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing your voice, sharing your story. I've learned so much. I'm so inspired by you. You're just such an incredible human being. And I'm so glad that we could do this. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know. I'm so emotional. Like, like, Like tears are here. I don't know why I'm like, I'm so emotional. Yeah, I don't know. This was an awesome experience. Like, I appreciate you for allowing me to speak. I'm so passionate about people in general, and I want people to be respected and be appreciated. Queer, you know, not just a queer community, but just all human beings to be cared for and, and be embraced because that's what God wants. That's what He wants. That's, that's what He's about. That's what He wants for us all is to be loved and respected. And we want change to happen. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
You do know. You do know. know. Yeah, I do know. I do know. I I do know. But if you want to keep up with Sunshine, follow her on Instagram at at SBG underscore global. Like we said, she also has a book out, Three Seasons of Life, Discovery, Belief, Faith, which I know you can get digitally, correct? No, it's not available digitally. It's hard copy because it is also a workbook. It is a self-eval book. So there are questions in the book that you can answer for yourself right in the book. Um, I encourage individuals to purchase it and purchase the copy for your friend. Do not give your friend your copy. If you did that, that means you did not answer the questions because if you answer the questions, you're not going to want someone to know your personal business. So do that. It is available on Amazon.com. Amazing. And it'll be linked in the show notes below as well as social media. Sunshine, is there anything else you want to say before we... (laughs) Sign off. This last little piece. Um, yes. So my, I am, I'm currently in the process of legally changing my name as well as my gender marker. So when you sign on Amazon, if you see Richard Goodman second, that's the correct book. <laughs> it's just going through the process. It hasn't been an easy process, but I am going through the process of legally changing my name. So my, I did publish the book under my dead name. So if you see that, don't be alarmed. Because unfortunately, one of the many things, it is not easy for transgender people to change their gender and name and pronouns. So one of the things that we all need to keep working to change. Right. Thank you again, Sunshine. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into this episode and have a wonderful rest of your day. See you next time. Hey, all. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Queer Queries. This show is produced by yours truly, edited by Addison McKissack, theme song written by Matt Gregory, Colin Egan, and Mike Hubbard, produced by Colin Egan and Mike Hubbard, logo designed by David Pavon. Have an inquiry, topic suggestion, guest idea? Email askqueerqueries at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts. Also, follow us on Instagram at, at queer.queries. And remember, hit that subscribe button, leave that written review, tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell your enemies, tell the whole world about the Queer Queries podcast.